am so excited to welcome Helen Huang, the best-selling author of The Heart Principle, The Bride Test, and The Kiss Quotient to How to Build a Village. Now, I love these books. They got me through some of the darkest times of the pandemic. They're compelling, they're lively, they've got some great steamy scenes, and most of all, I love that they feature compelling characters from a range of backgrounds. And in particular, it's been great to meet and care about characters who have autism spectrum disorder, because you don't find that often in rom-coms or really in any books. So I would love, Helen, to ask you about bringing in different characters to focus on in your books and what made you decide to do that? As the story goes, uh, I had been thinking about writing a gender swapped pretty woman for mm. a while, maybe half a year. Um, and, and the story kept kind of flipping around in my mind, uh, but I couldn't figure out why a beautiful, successful woman would want to hire a male escort or, you know, someone like that. Um, and I, you know, I kept thinking about it. Why would she do that? Why would she do that? And it didn't really come together, um, you know, for all those months I was thinking about it. Um, then one day my daughter's preschool teacher uh, asked me to come in and she sat me down and she said, I think your daughter is on the autism spectrum. And, you know, this is when she was or something and I was completely blown away because I I did my only exposure to autism was you know um movies like Brain Man mm -hmm. or something like that where the characters have um a lot more uh, stereotypical portrayals um and and they also have a lot more um disabilities than than I had imagine my daughter having um and so i started to look into it uh i asked our my daughter's pediatrician what he thought and he said oh no no she's she's not on the spectrum um and but then i kept looking into it and the more i i i learned especially um one thing that i found really fascinating is that autism often looks different in women mm. um at, which I, I, that doesn't make sense to me because i mean we're all people it should mm. come it should look the same regardless of your gender but it appears that women um and and some men too but i i think generally women are better at masking which is this phenomenon where you can mimic your peers to fit in and mm. and it's very exhausting. It's something that I realized as I was reading that I do a lot. And, and I actually think most people do this without even realizing it. But I think that it, the, um, the kind of the mental um, expenditure of effort is, is very high for someone who's on the spectrum and it's exhausting and it can lead to burnout and, and uh, depression mm -hmm. and all these things. Um, and so as I was reading uh, about autism in women, mm -hmm. I had this moment where I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is me. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and as I read this book, I just, it was called Asper Girls. 
I just kept having that feeling, oh my goodness, this is me and this is me and I do this and I did that and I, I'm still struggling with this. And I started to think, oh my gosh, I think I am on the spectrum. And also, wouldn't that be uh, a fascinating reason why you would hire a male escort? <laughs> because you, you want help in the bedroom, help with relationships. What better way than to hire a professional? Um, which it all made sense and the story just kind of fell together as I was researching and learning and um, and this I started to write and I it was a really special experience because I think I'd been trying to write romance novels for you know I don't know a decade or something and they never quite came together. One, because I was a beginning writer and I didn't know what I was doing. And two, because I think that I was um, unconsciously writing characters that I thought I was supposed to write. Um, so they were, they were the versions of me that I thought I should be. Mm. And they didn't have the, the experiences that I do. They didn't struggle the way I do. They, they weren't like me. I was writing what I thought I should write. And so with this character, the first one in the Kiss Quotient. Um, Stella. I, yes, Stella. I, I let her, I gave her a lot of the insecurities that I have I, and a lot of the challenges that I have. And it was this really freeing, really healthy experience. And I wrote that book with like in this manic phase of pure joy. It was, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Um, and I, I wish I could just call that up anytime I wanted to write, but it's, it was a special, unique uh, experience. Um, and, and so I think um, writing characters like me, writing something personal, uh, it, it ended up being this really healthy, really liberating, um, way to write characters that I I wanted to share and I it, it has spoken to some people I, I it makes me really happy when um the books find other autistic women or other women who hadn't even known they were on the spectrum mm -hmm. and they read it and they start having that same epiphany that I did mm -hmm. when I was reading that Asper Girls book like oh maybe this is me maybe I have similarities like this and maybe it's okay to be like me because I'm I'm normal for a person like me I think that's so um fascinating especially what you're saying saying the later in life discovery you know and and not because it I know people whose children have been diagnosed um when the children were little and there seems to be a lot of questionnaires about that time and identifying it when the child's little but what about someone's in their thirties and they hate nightclubs and those sounds and that scene in the nightclub when it's like, no, I don't, I don't want to deal with this, the, the, the pounding. And so fascinating how it might um, manifest at, at, a, at a later age. And the fact that maybe someone wouldn't have known all this time, but how freeing to find out. Yes. Yes. I, um, I actually had an experience like that at a nightclub. I went there to my first one and I was so overwhelmed and and I had I, like basically a panic attack uh, in the middle of this nightclub and it, it comes out, uh, it felt a lot like in the book. 
I, I feel like that's made me a more sensitive person being aware of that, you, you know, that if somebody can't handle, you know, those loud, I mean, and actually I'm at an age now where like that doesn't appeal to me anyway, <laughs> kind of like the pulsing beat and the lights and everything, but just, it was great that the character was able to say, Hey, I know what, I know what's going on here and um, to identify it and uh, kind of can make someone more sensitive in, in their real life. But it's also wonderful how your books highlight um, these female characters who are successful and you know, that, as you said, the throwing the um, kind of the pretty woman trope on its head and having uh, having the woman be the one with a wildly successful job who then looks for an escort rather than the, the, the stereotype of, um, of, of the man is the one who pays someone to be his hot escort. <laughs> I think that's fun to, to do that, to imagine, you know, um, that's something fun that uh, that my books have done for my personal life that I I feel like I um I'm actually good at something and I contribute financially to um my household uh, that is a good feeling and so what, what are you working on now <laughs> my next book uh it but it's not due for two more years so I'm taking it slow <laughs> okay and any preview on what to expect or um <laughs> Have you seen the movie called Lars and the Real Girl? Uh, no. It, it stars um, Ryan Gosling, and he he has a um, he experiences a trauma in his life, mm-hmm. and then he purchases a blow up doll, uh, and he he starts to date the blow up doll, and it's not sexual at all um but he's driving around with his life-size blow-up doll in his car and everyone's really concerned about him what's happening and <laughs> and it i was inspired by that film for this book that's all i'll say <laughs> so um i wanted to do something a little bit similar so we'll, well see if it works <laughs> wow i look forward to reading that i um one of the, another thing i love about your books is just the specific nature of the place you know that it really the escapism not just in the plot and the characters but in it taking you away and you clearly know california well um how has that played a role in your life you're based in san diego at the moment right yeah i so all of these books take place in silicon valley um up in the bay area and I used to live there and, and actually had a lot of, um, you know, that's where, when I had my first job out of college and um, I, it's always kind of, it's, it's really fun to return there in the books because I had such a good experience there. So I get to remember what it was like to drive down the streets and what it was like to um, just experience this kind of unique place that is Palo Alto and uh, San Jose and all those places. Uh, I, I, I do really enjoy remembering what it was like that that point in my life where I was, everything was new and everything was um, an adventure. Is, and is that where your next book will be set? I think my next book will take place in a make-believe city. <laughs> So I'm, I'm uh, exploring what that's like, uh, kind of, um, I, I love the book Cannery Row by Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted to kind of create a place that was sort of similar to that. And we'll see if it works. 
All right. And how much do you share your books with your kids? Oh, <laughs> my, I don't let my children read my books. Um, my daughter's 11. And my son is eight. Mm -hmm. So they're not quite of the age where they should be reading these books yet. Um, but I do remember when my first book released, my, my daughter stole one and she brought it to school and she, <laughs> she gave it to her teacher uh, <laughs> and at first I knew I was missing one and I and I thought she had taken it to school which was you know I was panicking to think imagining all these little first graders huddled around <laughs> reading um certain parts uh but uh, she gave it to her teacher and that was really sweet. She told her teacher, this is a kissing book. There's <laughs> kissing in it. And her teacher said, oh, well, that happens. <laughs> and yeah, how do you grapple with that as a romance novelist? And of course you do, you do have the kissing and more scenes, you know, I mean, it, you know, for like family members and things is that, I mean, I kind of view it as, I remember when I was young, um, I started reading romance in eighth grade. Uh, I just, I had this feeling that I was, you know, I was reading all these horror novels and suspense novels, like, oh, it was Mary Higgins Clark and uh, what was it? Dean Koontz, those kinds of books. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just really unsatisfied. I, I I realized that what I liked in them was the love story because that was where the emotions were highest and it was such an intense experience. And all I wanted was that part. And I, and I figured out, oh, I think I like romance novels. I think I want to read a romance novel. And so I went to, I biked to the <laughs> local, um, I think it was the pharmacy or something. And, and, I, and I found one and I read it and I said, yes, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. And, and that was eighth grade. And and I was extremely curious about you know sex and intimacy and romance and the the um, the social interactions involved with that because I wanted to learn it because I I didn't understand any of that in real life I I didn't have a boyfriend I didn't I hardly had friends and so I was reading these books and trying to understand human interactions and human relationships, particularly romantic relationships that I was very interested in. Mm -hmm. And sex, because I think that's normal. As, as a, a teenager, you want to see that. And, and I think that um, for anybody out there who wants to read about those things in a consensual, healthy environment, these books are there for them and they can pick them up and they can read and they can enjoy them and they can learn. Um, so I think, I think it's very important that there are books like this out there, especially I do get concerned when books are, um, when they intentionally gloss over things like sex um, because it kind of sends a message that this is bad you know sex isn't okay you need to be ashamed of it it has to be hidden away and I think that just proudly embracing it and saying yes this is what happens this is it's no big secret um, just put it out in the open I think that's really healthy for people at least for me, in my opinion well, so, sorry go ahead I, I 
I think that um, if, if there are readers, especially children, who actually are curious about you know sex, I think it's important that they be able to read about it in a healthy environment. It, you know, it's better than watching porn where there's you know rape and people hurting each other. So I I'm happy to put these books out there. Well, one one of the things that's refreshing about your books is that they're they're not perfect. They're not like, I, I feel like in the eighties, there were these kind of like bodice ripping, like chiseled abs. Like it, it all just felt so, yeah, like, like, like porn, I guess, as opposed to real life where it is like messy and complicated and things don't always go to plan. Like in the bride test, you know, it, when you have <laughs> things like actually, no, that didn't go well at all. Yeah. You know, and, and just kind of, um, building on that. So having it be really human and normal, you know, um, I think, uh, I think, as you said, is re is refreshing and also perhaps helpful for people who aren't used to coming across that, you know, and, and thinking if they don't hit some standard that you see in some like porn that they're not normal or acceptable, you know? Yeah, I, I also, um, I, I really, I remember when I had my first, I first had a baby and I was like learning how to breastfeed my child it was it was a revelation that it's something that you need to learn that it doesn't come naturally all the time and there are instructors you can hire who will help you and figure out how to do it um so it doesn't hurt and and that it just so that it works for you and i and i think i was surprised that you know this other thing like sexual intercourse is something that's also not natural for all people and it sometimes you do fumble around a lot before you figure it out. Um, and, I, and I think that um, just all of the shame and the, the kind of the secrecy around it is it's not helpful for people when you're first learning um, and the expectation. I, I did think that the first time was supposed to be perfect because that, you know, I read all these romance novels uh, you know, when I was young about, you know, how just it happens and, and you're going to enjoy it and the mountains shake and the ocean <laughs> waves roll onto the shore and everything happens perfectly. And I, you know, the real experience was very different and it, and it took learning and it took time and it took communication. And so, um, yeah, I, I definitely like to <laughs> do that in my books. Actually, there's a there's a scene in the bride test where he doesn't know how how to to how to please his partner and I remember um, even for me that I did not know what all of the parts of my anatomy were called mm -hmm. and I and I remember that that I don't know my siblings were talking about something and they, they were you know laughing and whatever and I and I mm -hmm. some my brother had mentioned a body part and I was, and I said, what is that? And he said, what, are you serious? Are you kidding me? You don't know what that is. And I was like, no, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. And so I had to learn about my own body parts from my brother, which was, <laughs> which was humiliating. They don't teach you in school. Uh, I, I, you know, I normally learned this in, you know, my, I think my fifth grade, um, health class where they told us, you know, these are the reproductive organs, this is this and, and but they never explained all the parts, especially if like one's particular to women. And, and I, um, 
I just remember that when I finally learned that from my brother, I felt, I felt this is wrong. I should have known this. This should have been taught to me in a different environment. Um, One of the loveliest things in your books is the importance of family and the fact that the the cousins are helping each other out and there's the book like, oh, here, read this. And then you'll, 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 you'll know how to please a woman. And, but just that, because again, the, the genre I feel like has evolved from being these the couple who has no family, there's completely dis, disassociated from anything else but their searing romance versus your books where you the, the family's important. And yes, you've got the, the steamy scenes, but you've also got the meet the family scene and the importance of the cousins and they all love each other and they know each other's foibles and respect each other and use each other's resources. So that's really refreshing to see as well that, you know, romance can exist within that world and not just like, no, we have no family. We only have sex. You know? Well, I think that family is really important. It, it definitely impacts our um, romantic relationships, I think, um, especially if you've chosen somebody that your family doesn't approve of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a real uh issue i i know that i've i've i know people who haven't been able to maintain their relationships because their family doesn't approve and that's really sad because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way but the reality is that it is because sometimes you, you people have to make choices or um and so i think that um just showing a more complete picture mm-hmm. of of all the influence is is um that's just something that i want to do since it's realistic Mm. and 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 also the the stress of caregiving you know again which is something that you don't see often in books let alone rom-coms you know i think that's um nice to read about because it is something that you know your readership is surely grappling with and more and more um these days yeah it's nice to see that in there i i um i was surprised by actually how many people have struggled with that mm-hmm. um, because I thought that I don't know I, I just thought that it was just me for some reason <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but I I did I wrote about it because it had just been such a big impact in my life it, it, it had such a big impact on me um, and I just I, I felt like I needed to explain you know why it was so hard and to at least speak up for for other people who would be experiencing something similar um yeah i i i i wondered if there would be a lot of um condemnation for writing the way i did um but it, it seems to have uh spoken to people who it needed to so i'm glad about that yeah, re- refreshingly honest. So it was uh, really good to read. Now, what what other um, rom coms do you enjoy? Other um, authors you like to read in the same genre? Let's see here. Um, there is uh, an author. Her name is Chloe Lees, mm. and her she's um, released a few. Um, books self she self-published a few books um and it's her Bergman series Mm. Bergman Brothers I guess um and they are 
they feature, I think there's five books so far, and two of them feature main characters who are on the autism spectrum. Oh. Um, Chloe is also on the spectrum. So she's, she and I have a lot in common. Uh, she's also this super sweet, really wonderful person. Anyway, she has a book coming out uh, this summer or maybe this fall. Um, it also features a heroine who's on the spectrum. Uh, and I just, I love her books and I, and I love her as a person. And I've been so excited that um, I get to connect with other romance authors who are also on the spectrum. Um, that's, that's a really special experience, I think. Well, that is all wonderful. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for writing these. I'm looking forward to reading your next one. Well, that's, that's, that's so kind of you. Thank you. Um, and, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me um, and let me, let me share all this stuff. <laughs> no, I think, it's, I think it's great. Really enjoy, really enjoy your books. So uh, take care and keep writing. Thank you. I, I will. I will be doing so. <laughs>